Welcome to the Adaptive Executive Podcast, where we meet with senior executives and discuss how to keep yourself and your organization adaptive and your employees engaged. My name is Greg Ballard, founder and owner of 5C Consultant, and I am your host. If you'd like to be considered as a guest for this podcast, you can apply on our website at 5C.consulting. Look for the word podcast. For now, let's dive into the show. Hello, hello. This is uh, welcome to the Adaptive Executive. I'm your host, Greg Ballard, and I have a very special guest, Jenny Cohan Durfler, uh, all the way from Israel, joining us today. Uh, Jenny is the founder and CEO of Air Doctor. Uh, Jenny, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me with you here, Greg, today. I'm very excited about discussing with you a little bit about my experience. Absolutely. So I've taken a little bit of a look at Air Doctor, and I, I think I understand the what you guys do. Um, I've had, I've done some international travel, uh, missions travel into some very remote parts of the world, and, and having access to medical care is, is actually very critical. Um, so maybe you could take a moment and share with our listeners, um, you know, what is Air Doctor and what brought you uh, to start this company? Uh, actually, Air Doctor is um, the result of our own experience. One of the founders um, was traveling in South America and was sick, didn't know Spanish, and had a very a bad experience because he didn't know where to go. So if you don't know a local doctor, no one can recommend you a local doctor, good doctor. So usually end at the hospital. And the hospital is not a great experience. Many times you are in the emergency, you need to wait for hours. And at the end, you are meeting a doctor that you don't know who the doctor is. And you don't know, you know, if it's a good doctor, what is he saying? He knows English, he doesn't know English. So based on that, we say, that is ridiculous. I can choose an hamburger and if with cheese or onions or without, uh, everywhere in the world I am and order it, uh, but I cannot find a doctor. And more than that, I want to find a doctor that I know which languages the doctor speaks. I want to know where, how to navigate to their clinic. I want to know uh, what is the experience, is a specialist. Uh, and it's, that's what Air Doctor provides. Provide travelers with the ability to be in control, with the ability to, it's a digital solution to find uh, a doctor where you are, a local doctor, not a tourist doctor or a hospital. And, and go to and set the appointment and have everything done um, transparently in within 45 minutes. And if you have an insurance that we work with them, it's also a cashless process. You don't need to pay or get reimbursed. Your insurance will set that with us directly. So that's the proposition. Our customers are um, insurers and not insurers around the world. We work with travel agencies and, and actually they offer our platform to their customers. And um, and it's, we have customers mainly today in Europe and in Australia. Uh, so that's um, in Europe, in, in a few countries in Europe. Yeah. So first of all, I want to I want to take a moment and for our listeners that may have not had the opportunity to, to do much travel and to understand what the medical conditions um, are like in other parts of the world. 
Uh, I'll share a quick experience that I had coming out of my senior year of college. I spent three weeks in Chihuahua, Mexico, and I was getting to know the culture there. And the, my host said, one day we're going to go see the hospitals. And the first one we went to was, I think, um, I, for, I forgot which order we went into, but I think it was the public hospital. And you had to provide ID. There was a line of people outside wanting to get in. They were not allowed in, even though they had family members inside. However, because we were considered clergy, we were given a pass. And it was very dark. It was very musty. And the one thing, the visual that I came away with is I remember I saw a patient laying in a, a bed and he apparently had some fluid in the brain and it was being drained into a rubber glove. Oof. But you know, Greg, uh, that it's, was it's, the private, that was, yeah. the, that was the public hospital. That afternoon we went to the public hospital, the private hospital, the private pay. And it was cleaner than any hospital I've ever seen in the U.S. It was clean. It was well lit. It had multiple stories. It was bright. And, you know, there was one patient per room. It was night and day different, the experience of going between those two hospitals for me. And then I also did medical missions work going into very rural parts of, uh, of different countries to bring medical assistance where it wasn't even accessible. So, if you're traveling or if you've never traveled, the idea of getting access to quality care is actually really, really important. And, and so I just want to kind of give that visual that what you guys are providing, um, there's a real need for that for international travelers. Yes, it's very important. And I want to add, Greg, that 80% of the cases when you are traveling are minor things. It's things that they don't need an hospital. I need a gynecologist because I don't know something minor or I need a dermatologist, how I will find a, a, a specialist in Paris if I am not from there. So what we do, we connect you to the specialist at their clinics, at their place, not going to a hospital. You know, the hospital knows that you have an insurance. So many times they leave you for the night for observation if needed or not. And mm -hmm. they do a lot of tests. Uh, if needed or not, many times, because they know they know that uh, there is an insurance behind. So it's a waste of your time, of your vacation with your family, and so. So all our solution is come to to make your life easy when you are abroad and when you are with your family in vacation or in a business trip. Yes, yes. So I was. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, a couple of years ago. I was doing a a full day offsite. My tooth started bothering me and I got through the day, but I immediately went to the dentist and it turns out I had a hot tooth and I needed an immediate uh, root canal. Now, if I had been overseas or outside of the U.S. and not act and didn't have access, I'd be in a pretty tight spot. I'd either have to deal with that until I got home or find someone that I could, you know, and the costs when they know that you are in a bad situation, the costs go up, right? Right, right. And you know what? That is interesting because the five most used uh, specialities when you are traveling, one of them is dentist. It's GP, dentist, orthopedic doctor, gynecologist, and pediatrician. So mm -hmm. now today we have a network in 74 countries. But what does it mean we have a network? We make sure to launch a country and say that we have, is that we have those five specialities because so that's what, what the... What are those five again? 
Uh, the most used is a GP, obviously. Then dentist so is the general second. Practitioner. So general, general practitioner. practitioner. Yeah, so general practitioner. Basic medicine, yep. Basic med medicine, family medicine, your child has a fever or you have a bad cold or things. Then the second is dentist, as happened to you. Dentist, yep. The third one is pediatrician, when you are, you are traveling the with children. kids. Yep. Uh, the fourth one is orthopedic doctors. You are a skin and you break your leg or you 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 know you fell you okay bruise yep. yourself yep. or whatever and the fifth one is gynecologist yes so so we have more specialists than than that, those obviously okay. but uh, but we those five we have to have in order to to say we launch this country we are in this country and we have a network um you understand it's it's like and we have our platform in many languages because our clients are from Spain, from France, from Italy, from so we are we have seven main languages, including Chinese, because we have a customer in China. Um, so what we offer actually is a digital solution. It's a solution that you are not uh, depending on someone to to set an appointment for you or to recommend or the hotel or if you are in an Airbnb or. So, so that's what we are providing to you. I love it. And so if, if folks wanted to check this out, say that if any of our listeners are doing international travel and they wanted to you know, connect with your platform, um, is there an app they can go to or a website they go to or what are their options there? The, the options are two. We have a, a website that you can, through the website, go to our web app and use the service in the web app. Mm -hmm. um, from your phone. And we have uh, an application also for iOS and for Android. Uh, so you can download the application or you can uh, use our website, which is air-dr.com and, uh, and get directly to the web app. And okay, in, so the stores is, in the stores is Air Doctor. Air Doctor. And uh, you do a search in iOS or Android for that. And then um, for the website, it's air, A-I-R hyphen dr. Com. Fantastic. We'll put that in the show notes so people can look look you up. Um, so tell us a little bit about your business and and your company and you know how long have you been uh, operating? What are you seeing as far as scaling goes? Kind of give us a little chart of the journey of how you how you guys are growing. So um, I personally can work twenty years for Intel Corporation in several locations where Intel operates in, in California, in Israel, and uh, other places. And, um, and a few years ago, I decided that I want to go to the uh, startup uh, uh, field and arena. arena. And um, Air Doctor is my third startup. Uh, we started with this idea. Um, we started the, to build a network, build a platform from one side and build a, a network. Our first country was Greece. Um, the second actually was UK and the third was Israel. And from them, we caught, kept uh, growing. Um, today, we are after uh, three rounds of funding. Uh, we have uh, funded and raised um, $33 million till today. Uh, mm -hmm. We have customers um, very well known like Ergo, Allianz, um, Amadeus, uh, Phoenix in Israel. Um, 
So we work with different kinds of customers. Insurance companies is 60% of our customers, and another 40% are travel agents, OTAs, um, and hospitality, uh, uh, hotels change, and so So um, today we are uh, around 80, 90 employees, uh, 16 of them sit in Ukraine, uh, that is our development team, and mm -hmm. some others uh, in Israel. But uh, most of our, you know, we are traveling all the time. Um, something interesting is we were talking um, uh, at the beginning is because we are an international company. Uh, most of my team is people from different countries. The diversity, the diversity within our team is amazing. It's huge. Mm. We have, first of all, we have all religions. We have uh, Muslims and Christians and Jews and uh, and some one Baha'i guy. <laughs> uh, but we also have uh, you gotta have people from, you gotta have Baha'i. Yeah, one <laughs> and. But also we have uh, people from uh, born in Holland, in uh, South America, in um, you know Colombia, Ecuador. Uh, we have people from uh, France and from uh, UK and from Russia and Ukraine. So it's very important because we work all the time with people around the world. It's Germans, it's um, uh, Spanish, it's uh, everywhere. So we need to be able to be sensitive to different cultures and to different requests and to different problems that are more important for certain in certain locations and certain cultures. Um, and what I can mention is think about that we are a company based on offering a product for travelers. And what happened in the last uh, two and a half years? Yeah. No one was traveling. No one was traveling. <laughs> so the COVID was a real challenge. And I think, you know, when you talk about uh, adaptive executives or adaptive uh, management, um, that put us in, 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 in a big test, was a big test for us. Because we were, uh, we had the MVP done and we were growing and we have having customers and everything was going right mm -hmm. until... March 2020, when COVID started, and suddenly no one is traveling. So what do you do in that case? And we understood pretty fast that we need to pivot. We need to pivot our activities, not completely get out of the business, but to say, to do something else with the resources we have available to go through this period. And you know, at the beginning, no one knows how long it will last. You know, we always thought three months, six months, and then a year and every every time was a little bit more. So what we did, we did three things. First, we developed a new product for domestic to use our platform for people that have health insurance in their country and they can use our platform to find a, a doctor locally. That is something that exists in the world. Like uh, there are some companies already, that's why we didn't do it from the beginning. In our area, travelers, we are the only one. But in, in domestic, you do have competition. But still, we thought, okay, we have the platform. Let's apply it for domestic uh, clients. 
and we developed the product. The second thing we did, which I think was, um, I cannot tell you how much uh, I say thanks in, uh, to, to, uh, to COVID that we did it, is to develop telemedicine or telehealth. We took our own doctors. We have doctors around um, uh, all over the world. And we asked them, do you want to do telemedicine? We will train you. We will cert give you a certificate. And many doctors um, were very excited about the opportunity. And, uh, and then we created this product that we added to our product of telemedicine in, in 15 languages, uh, 7 by 24, uh, with the ability to prescribe. Which means that let's say you are traveling in, in Portugal and you want to have telemedicine in French because you are from France. You will find a doctor at any day, if it's a, it's a Saturday or a Sunday or it's the middle of the night, that will be able to talk to you and at the, at give you first aid over the phone and give you a prescription if you need. And this that is something we did because during the COVID, everybody, no one wants to go to clinics, less even less to go to hospitals. But um People wanted prefer to to talk to a doctor than go and see a, a, a physician in a in a medical environment. So that was the thing. The second thing we did, we, mm -hmm. we used yeah. um, the the COVID day to do that at time. And the the third thing, we took our resources. We have people that do customer care, okay, mm -hmm. but no travelers, no need for customer care. So we. We didn't want to 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 do big layoffs and and you know terminate people, so we just moved them to do scale to do uh, to grow to grow our network of doctors, and all these people during those two years were doing recruitment of doctors around the world. So all together, um, during the COVID, we created new two new products, the telemedicine, the domestic, and we hired nine thousand doctors with people that we were we were not thinking that they, they they are able to do that. They were not hired for that, but um, so we came out from the COVID. I will say in February this year, when people started to travel again, much more stronger than we were before. As a company, because first and most important, I think is the trust of your employees that you don't want to uh, uh, fire them because you are in a in a hard time. You will do everything to use them and and try to survive. Um, we came stronger because they believe uh, in in the company and they believe that the company uh, is honest and and share with them the situations and and involve them. Uh, we came stronger because we have two products that we didn't have before that complement our proposition and make our proposition even better and even more compelling. Um, so I think that in other situations, maybe we could collapse and say, oh my God, what will we do? Uh, but we, what we did is we adapt, we adjust to the new environment, the new circumstances, and, uh, and and we came out really in a huge better position. We signed 16 contracts with insurers during the COVID time. Uh, that was amazing because everybody understood that after COVID 
our solution is what people will want. No one wants to travel today without knowing that they are that if you are sick, you have a solution or you have, you know, a service yeah. because people are afraid. Um, so I I think that the the COVID was an excellent example of how you adjust and adapt and use actually the resources you already have in the new environment. I love it. So the three things that I captured, you know, you you pivoted to providing a domestic service so that people, because people are not doing international travel, um, you you really built out the telehealth component. And then what I, I love this is you, you took a team of people that, you know, really weren't, uh, the, the, the work they were hired to do was just no longer a business need, but you were able to take that talent and redirect it and create um, essentially a network expansion task force. Um, so really the curiosity that I have though for you, Jenny, is can you take us into those early days, like the last two weeks of March, right? When the, when the information came out and international travel had shut down, I'd love to understand how you and your team um, kind of went through the mental process and navigated right to these outcomes because these are great outcomes. But I'm curious, was there any particular daily practices that you have that helped you to see these options where other people may have just said, okay, we're done? I, I tell you what um, we did back then in March. Um, First of all, we started uh, to run the company in segments. Uh, we increased significantly the communication in between the people and the departments in the in the company. So we were uh, we were updating our employees on a weekly basis of everything that is happening. We have customers. We don't have customers. We sign a contract. The contract is uh, for a different product. We are doing this product. Um, the product is not our core business, but uh, it's different and we are experimenting with that, but we think that there is an opportunity. So all those things were shared. Uh, and we told them, the employees that we are not uh, a, a fighting, fighting people. And we said, why? And we said, okay, but you will need to do something that you are were not hired to do. Um, if you don't like it, you can leave, but we give you the opportunity to continue. All those things were, were talking on a weekly basis. I had a staff meeting with everybody around and we will share what happened in the last week. Um, and But also with a positive approach, we did believe that we are gonna come out. And I say that all the time, we're gonna come out from this period uh, we need to adjust, we need to change, we need to do things differently. But the uncertainty, if in my heart it was a little bit deeper, when it came out, we say, okay, it's an uncertain times, let's embrace it. You wanted to work in a startup? Well, okay, that's part of being a startup. We don't know exactly uh, what is going to happen tomorrow. We don't know exactly how our product will look like. But that's the fun. That is the fun of working in a startup that we can experiment, try, uh, innovate with new ideas. And 
And I think people connected to that. People connected because we were very transparent in every single step of our uh, journey. Excellent, excellent. I love it. Um... And if I can tell you one more thing, one yeah, of the yeah, things I did at the beginning at that time is uh, we, you know, that we used to have a, a stock options that we go give to employees. Usually, uh, uh, startups give stock options to senior, more senior employees, not to everybody. Uh, well, I did at the moment we gave stock options to everybody, no, not huge amounts. Well, you know, depending your your job, where uh, a small amount or, but any employee that got stock options, they feel the company is theirs too. It's not only the company of the shareholders. It's not the company of the management. It's my company too, because I have options and shares of this company. And that's what we did at the beginning of the, of the COVID time. And I think that also that has a very, very positive impact. I love it. I, I think, so a couple of things jump out to me, uh, Jenny, that you guys are doing. One, um, I think it's really exciting to have such a diverse international group of people that come from so many different backgrounds and perspectives. And and um, and I can just imagine what it would be like to work with a team like that. That, that sounds really exciting. Uh, two, the, the, the manner in which you've embraced those people as part of the organization and, and shared right? The, the ownership uh, with, like you said, stock options there. And so super excited for what you guys are doing. Before we, before we wrap up though, I wanted to kind of get a couple of thoughts or maybe an example or two from you. Um, is there any specific daily practice or habit that you have uh, that helps you to stay adaptive, stay on the, on the front edge of what's to come? In a personal level, I start my day by reading, uh, by reading a lot business business, uh, you know, newspapers, articles, everything that is going in the world with a coffee under my olive tree uh, every morning is the first thing I want to be, you know, on top of what is going uh, going there. Um, then when I get to the office, my second thing is I go around the whole building um, and say. Good morning, and I talk and I have small talks with the uh, people around. Um, for me, it's very significant. It's keep me um, being involved with people, uh, giving people the uh, ability to talk to me and tell me about problems, about ideas, everything. So that is part of my, my daily. And in a business level, there are two levels. One is to manage the organization where all the stakeholders of a topic are sitting in the same place um, and, and we discuss together and we decide at that place once a week, religiously, with a very detailed, based on data, we start the, the meetings with data and we end it uh, with strong agreement on what are the decisions and what we need to do when we come out of the meeting. Um, and I think that the, the, the second part is to keep my relationship with our shareholders. I try and do my best to keep uh, meeting them at least once a month, uh, keeping them updated on what we do, the, the highlights and the lowlights, and keeping them involved in the company. Uh, because 
my shareholders are also one of my main resources. They help me to open doors in many places. Um, so I will say that from the small coffee in the morning to working with the shareholders, that is my routine. I love it. And before we wrap up, um, is there anything else you'd want to share with our listeners regarding to staying adaptive um, or about Air Doctor? Um, I hope that not none of our uh, audience will need us, but if you need us, if someone needs us, so uh, I really suggest to to download the app or get to our uh, website. And, and use the service. We are seven by 24 there for people to help them uh, to find a solution. Um, and I think that on a personal level, uh, people can find me in LinkedIn. And if you have questions about uh, management uh, of um, changing times or changes in environment and business environment, I would be more than happy to, to answer and to be getting contact and to discuss. I love it. Uh, Jenny uh, Cohan Derfler, founder, CEO of Air Doctor. Uh, thank you for joining us today, sharing a little bit of your story and, and the way your team has been able to adapt and succeed. Thank you, Greg, for inviting me and giving me the opportunity to share my experience. Thank you for joining us on the Adaptive Executive Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. You can follow us on LinkedIn and by subscribing to our mailing list. Again, my name is Greg Ballard and thank you for listening.